Welcome back to episode 92 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, Bitcoin explodes as we discuss its implications. Next, we break down the update to Ethereum 2.0. Then we debrief on our discussion on Splinterlands. And finally, we announce the latest winners of the Corona Zombies PvP tournament in Decentraland. All right, let's listen in. physically back together dude about time dude yeah we got a new location it doesn't look new but it's certainly new for sure yeah dude totally new ambiance new energy field that yeah. we're, we're operating from now before we were like pretty much in the hood yeah, you yeah. Know, at any moment in time <laughs> like you know some gangbangers could break through the door and like you know that's true massacre us all that's true that doesn't happen very often though it's yeah. just like a, a a horrible thought that lingers. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're in a much safer zone now. Yeah. <laughs> Statistically, I don't know. Who knows? Like the suburbanites could one day rebel. Suburbanites. <laughs> <laughs> like just decide to like wreak havoc. But yeah, it's definitely a safer. Oh, I, I never was scared. I'm just like, I'm just saying. No, but we had some a uh, couple close calls too. I mean, yeah, there's a like gunshots. Yeah, that's, I remember. We're like we were like like mid podcast. You're like, yeah, like what was that? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, what the fuck was that, dude? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe your neighbor's like, yeah, cleaning his broom or something. You're like, nah, dude. I think those were gunshots. Cleaning like, his I'm broom. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So, so we're we're out of the, out of the hood. we're out of the hood. So. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna be making a couple of updates eventually, uh, slowly but surely, putting a. Yeah, we're we're in that stage right now. Now this is my first time being in here. Yeah. So now it's like, now I'm just envisioning what's possible. First things first, like we need a couch so I could veg out on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I get fucking tired and lazy, you know, I could just like That's true. plop on that bitch, you know, because now we got space for a couch. Yeah. And we got, we want to put up some NFT art, like physical NFT art. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, the Ethermon plushies that we have, which are. Yeah. They're there. all, they're all stored in his dedicated closet, but there's a shelf in that closet. So I, yeah. I got like a nice little glimpse of what they'll look like on a shelf. You know? Yeah, that's right. So I don't know. I guess we had. <clears throat> this is your house, so you're gonna have to determine whether or not you want to build shelves on the wall or just buy. No, like we're a definitely. I, I think we're gonna build shelves just because we have to take advantage of our vertical space. Um, but we're also gonna put like shelves on the on the ground too, like little banisters and where in here cabinets. Yeah, not back behind us though, right? Not back behind us. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe just like another. Like shelf Some there. storage stuff storage, for yeah. like podcast equipment or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we, then got, we got like wires like all over the place and shit. Update yeah. some lights. Yeah, we're thinking about LEDing this bitch, turning it into like a, you know, cyberpunk wannabe. Yeah, dude. Why not, like dude? Blue and purple? Why not? Blue and purple. Those are our colors. So Teal. we got that. I, I got a halo sword coming in the mail. Oh, that's right, yeah. Already <laughs> ready to come. But, you know, it's basically going to be a mock exo blade. Yeah. So the idea is like whatever you end up seeing behind us, it's it's there's some kind of like personal attachment to it, right? Like for sure the Ethermon plushies that represents yeah. like our whole Ethermon endeavors. That's right. And they're just cute as fuck to look at. Hopefully they give us some more. That'd be pretty cool. And if they do, we know where they're we'll going. We'll be like beta testers for the new ones that are coming out. Exactly. Whether or not they're cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else? Yeah, so the Exoblade, I I don't know. I was throwing the idea to Will. Maybe we could put some kind of like 
green screen frame behind us. Yeah, that's true. And have like uh like uh, like a constant feed of like metas. Yeah, you or know what I mean? yeah, or sponsors or ads or whatever. Just whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. We'll get crazy with it one day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But baby steps, dude. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So we got a lot of a lot of thinking to do and designing and all this stuff too. So yeah. I mean, it's it'll take time though, but we'll yeah. get there. But it, it it all comes at good timing though, because now like I was talking to Will earlier off cam, like dude, we started this podcast. I think, in my from my perspective, probably one of the worst times to start. I don't know. Like, um, in the sense that we started at like the the peak of the bear, dude. Remember that the peak of the bear. That's true. literally when Bitcoin was like hitting three, four thousand. Yeah, we started February twenty nineteen, and I'm looking at the price right now for Bitcoin, and it's like around thirty seven hundred bucks. Yeah, and then our first podcast was like discussing whether this was the bottom. <laughs> Yeah, and that you were skeptical that this is the bottom, and I yeah, was like, yeah, "No, yeah. this is it." Dude. No, there was people like Tone Vays like predicting. You no, know, Tone Vays is like big TA guy, right? He's yeah. like, according to my TA, we are going to you know one thousand dollars. So you know, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Oh fuck, dude, we're going lower." <laughs> then right. it didn't. It went you know completely the other way. Yeah, but yeah. So then that happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I remember we were in a podcast with Frankie, and it went all the way to, like, close to 14K. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that wasn't too long after we started it. Yeah. Now look where the fuck we are, dude. We got, yeah, like, the biggest like, green candle I've ever seen. Yeah. One so, of the biggest. Yeah, we're looking at the weekly chart right now, and it's mimicking what, well, not exactly what uh, 2017 looked like, but, I mean, this is See, week after week closing see, high See, remember though it's all about perspective dude if you scrunch that chart down a little bit to bring like 100k into the perspective oh you're right yeah let like, me do that yeah see if we okay, get 100k in there 40, that, 52, that's, that's like everyone's projected expected like tippity top price right we got ninety thousand, hundred thousand. that's and, it right there so let's put it at 140 because I've, that's the latest prediction i've seen by somebody okay like this little now it looks a lot more sensible, don't it? Yeah, <laughs> it looks like we haven't even started. Yeah, this looks like uh, it looks like what Tesla looked like in 2010, you know, 2011, right? Like two dollar Tesla stock, you know? Yeah, it looks like nothing's happening, dude. Isn't that crazy? It's all of our perspective, dude. Now, if we zoom it in, like, then we're like, oh man, like, you know, correction in ink. Yeah, look at that, dude. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild, man. I mean. If you if you know once you start zooming out, like it's it's hard to believe that this thing's gonna go to a hundred thousand. Yeah, but I mean that's what the math tells us, dude. Yeah, I mean the math tells you uh, we still have a uh, retail data, I guess, to support that. I mean, uh, you showed me an article talking about how Ethereum, uh, Google search is like at all time high, which yeah. is kind of weird. Uh, I guess the E two point stuff kind of catalyzed that. Yeah, let's do Google Trends. Yeah. Last I heard, though, like Bitcoin, not so much, which let's is do. strange. Yeah, let's just take a look at it. Ethereum. And oh. let's, let's do the past five, five years. years. Okay, so there's so definite interest. There's definite interest. So we're at about 30%. And back in the last time it was this high... Uh, was Ju- December 2018, something like that? No, actually, can't get a figure here. Yeah, January 2018. Mm-hmm. That's the last time it was like at peak interest. That's crazy. I wonder what people 
like who who's finding out about Ethereum? <laughs> is it like CNBC is talking about it more? So people are starting to look into it or what? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just the prices. A lot of people already have like Coinbase app probably installed on their phone from the last cycle. So they're probably all getting notifications about this shit and like, oh, damn. Damn. And then look at the relative from Bitcoin. Bitcoin peaked in, uh, let's say, December 2017. Mm-hmm. Like it was a ninety four percent to seven percent Ethereum in terms of searches. Wow, and um, makes sense, dude. Yeah, but Bitcoin, yeah. See, even Bitcoin's still lacking. So I don't know. All this represents to me is like, I mean, so the retail people are get, they're 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 getting peaked. Yeah, it's like you're poking the hive a little bit, but we're nowhere near like uh you know euphoric phases or stages. You know. Well, what I mean? I think Bitcoin passed its all-time high in uh, May of 2017, and so it did peak there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then that makes that's sense. when that ran- the run-up after, like, I don't know, six to eight months happened. Well, people lost interest real quick, right? Like, there's a sharp spike right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's whenever uh, the previous all-time high got breached. Yeah, because then everybody was the talking about it, right? Yeah. News... I mean, everybody. I think that's always, like, the indicator. If you could break through previous all-time high, which we haven't yet, but it's, like, it's teasing you. Dude, dude, it's right there, man. It's right man. there. But once it does, like, that's, I think that's, like, official signal, like, a bull cycle. Yeah, like, pretty much nothing but up from there. Yeah, well, so this means that as soon as we break that all-time high, mm-hmm. then I guess within 12 months, we're going to see $100,000 Bitcoin. Well, yeah, that means the four-year cycle theorem is correct. It's correct, yeah. You can't fucking debate it anymore at this point. Yeah, for sure. It's, until the next one comes around, they're going to be like, nah. It's not happening this time. <laughs> exactly. Again. We're always going to have that doubt and disbelief, dude. Yeah. But, so maybe... maybe. But but think about it. The next time... So it's gonna, so let's say it does go to 100,000 and then it crashes. It's going to crash to what, 20,000, 30,000? Potentially. So maybe it's a less, 70% maybe, loss. Maybe 10, 15K or something. Potentially, but yeah. damn, that's like ninety percent loss. It's possible. That's what 90%, happens. Yeah. yeah, it happens all the time, dude. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. So ten or fifteen thousand, and then from ten or fifteen thousand from an all time low for this this cycle is going to go to a million. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. Potentially. <laughs> come on, man. I, what, dude? I, think, I thought that was the whole point, dude. It, yeah, I guess. Isn't that what like got but you in here? At that, <laughs> <laughs> it's like million dollar Bitcoin, you know? Yeah, but I, I guess at that point. Like, it would it would have to take longer. I mean, think about the run up from going like fifteen thousand to back to its all time high, a hundred hundred k. Yeah, and then from a hundred k doing a ten x from there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I need to find. I forgot that that link that I sent you guys. Um, I think it was was it with Maddie and Frankie. What was the link? What was um, in it? It was like, it, it was the moon math, like real time moon math. Okay, but I don't remember what it was. Oh man, that would be cool to look at. Yeah, <clears throat> but we can take a look at this for now and see what the nonlinear regression curve is looking at right now. Dude, we're still in the blue zone. Still in the blue zone. Yeah, blue zone's like the buy zone, so these are still like good buying prices. Yeah, you know. So imagine, man, twenty. So actually, this is yeah, twenty thousands over here. So yeah, we're we're right there, man. This is it. Yeah, this is it. That's so crazy, man. That is crazy. Like this is a twenty thousand dollar Bitcoin is a good buy. Imagine. Yeah, it is because you're you're anticipating 
Oh yeah, what's that line in the once he crosses into the red? Uh, this one right here. Does it give you like a price right there? Yeah, that's a hundred thousand. Okay, yeah, hundred k. So yeah. yeah, that's a solid like five x, dude, in like a year. Yeah. Oh no. So um. I'll mute myself. Where's it at? It's down there, dude. It's too far. Oh, <laughs> we can't go back, dude. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> Fuck that uh, phone. I- I- ignore the the phone that yeah won't stop. Won't stop. <clears throat> can't stop. Um, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so yeah, a hundred thousand dollar bitcoins right here. But then the next. So man, we're already talking about the next cycle. A million dollars. I mean, essentially, what we're trying to do is get perspective. Yeah. Because. By the time the next cycle happens, a hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin is a good good buy. Yeah, I mean, it, which it, is crazy. If this four year prophecy shit maintains through this cycle, I'll, I'm never gonna doubt it again. I'm just I'm just gonna use it like clockwork, dude. I'm just gonna use it as my foundational backbone tool to like understanding yeah. what's gonna happen. So next in the bear market. season is called accumulation season at that point. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. Like we should be much more like wise to this market, you know. Yeah. We uh, if if everything follows trajectory, I don't know. I still have my doubts only because like I see what's going on in the uh stock market and shit. Like there's no way it's sustainable over there. Hmm. So I I don't know. We'll see what happens if if uh I'm still waiting for that moment, yeah, where where crypto is acting independently of what's going on in in equities, you know. Yeah. Which we haven't seen that era yet. That to me yeah. is like the big I wonder if what we're ever going to see that though, because we have to, dude. Because like stocks aren't going to keep going up forever. At some point, but, it's but, correct. But stocks represent psychology, but also manipulation. Because remember, the government is also buying equities too, right? Yeah. And so they're just pumping the price of everything. Exactly. Um, and potentially buying crypto too now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I shared an article in our Discord where the U.S. is now getting into competing with China on on hash rate for Bitcoin. Yeah, because they notice that China controls the majority of it, right? Yeah. So they're like, "Fuck, dude, we fucked up. We slipped somewhere by yeah. letting them, you know, get the yeah the headway I mean, on this space." I mean, they have infinite funds, so they could just like <sighs> buy them out, like essentially just overbuy, you know, mining equipment. Yeah, of course, it might become a battle of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. where where nations are competing I'm against competing. Who, who owns that's yeah dude. that might be where like World we're, War Three we're million dollar Bitcoin territory around that yeah. If that's the reality, where there's like a a <coughs> global actual gold rush for this shit, you know, where yeah, I think it's it's only to to make sure that there is no manipulation of Bitcoin by maintaining like the majority hash power. Not so much manipulate. It's just yeah, it's just control. Yeah, control. Because I mean, even if you had fifty one percent, I mean, it still take a shit ton of energy and a shit ton of money to like oh, but rework it, the blockchain. Yeah, but if it's worth it, if it's worth it from a, like a monetary perspective, you know, they'll yeah, do maybe, it. Maybe from like a governmental like country perspective, it might yeah. be worth it. Of course. Like I'm sure they're having their internal discussions like, so what is Bitcoin? And then they're talking about it. Yeah. And they're like, well, there's potential for this thing to eventually like, you know, destroy our... Uh, oh, for sure. The value of our own yeah. currency. I mean, we can't... I mean... They're not stupid dumb people Exactly. <laughs> We, as dumb as the government is, they're not that dumb. They no. they have to know what's going on. 
Yeah, whether or not they think it's going to happen, the, the fact that there's potential there, and they yeah. they know that they can't really do anything to stop it, That's other than, enough. like, outlawing it. But it, And then if they outlaw it, then they're just putting themselves, like, uh, against the wall, against, like, countries that don't do that, like China and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be a race, yeah. Like, it makes sense. It's a it's a positional race amongst the the elites right. in, in the world. Right. That's what all of politics is, you know, geopolitics. That's why you got countries battling over, like, you know, scarce mineral resources. You got, you know, that's why China's all in Africa, right? Because mm-hmm. there's tons of resources there that they can claim. Yeah, absolutely. So they understand the game, dude. That's why they're now there's like a space frontier. Apparently, there's like a potential space race. Like, who's gonna claim, you know, ownership of space? Yeah. Speaking of space, <laughs> Elon just surpassed Bill Gates as the second most richest yeah, man on the planet. That's fucking nuts. But pre- predictable. Is is Bezos still number one? <laughs> yeah, he's got it. Even be. after the divorce. Oh yeah, dude. He recovered like instantly. Oh, dude. Wow. He's higher than what he used to be. Like. Even after the divorce. Yeah, dude. He's chilling hard. Damn. But this is what I'm talking about, though. Like, dude, yeah. You know what's crazy? I'm sure at one point Bill Gates is like, man, I'm the richest man in the world. Nobody's going to ever surpass me. I'm like way too, like way ahead. I wonder. I wonder if he ever thought that. And then he got surpassed. Yeah. It's because he started like slacking, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Not slacking. He just, well, he, he started focusing on like actually trying to save the world, <laughs> you know? like. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that was sort of his uh, like retirement Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like slacking. Like he, yeah, he, yeah, he, he did all that he needed to do. Like, yeah. Why keep trying to like make my life goal is just keep uh, accruing more and more wealth? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah. I can actually do something with this wealth, and he did. And now he's like enemy number one. Everybody thinks he's like the devil. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, trying yeah, to like put the, chips in our brains and yeah, shit in our right. bloodstream. Yeah, and uh, Elon's the actual one doing it. Yeah, exactly. Chips he's, and brains. He's revered. Yeah, and he's revered. That's right. That's a crazy world we live in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. I wonder, who could, who could hate Elon? I just don't understand. I guess any, you're going to have haters no matter what. Yeah, a lot of people do. Because he's, like, really trying to talk down, like, the severity of COVID and shit like that. So yeah, that's people, true. People get... I don't agree with that, all. you know, at all. I think I think even if COVID isn't as severe as, you know, like a, a flesh-eating virus, you still got to take it seriously. I mean, yeah. there's still people dying, and you have to respect that. Now, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the real debate is at what cost do yeah. you respect it? Yeah, they make a good argument. Like, they make a yeah. good argument that you could actually present data of, like, the the impact of, like, you know, economic downturn has on, on people's lives. It could, be, it could outweigh the impact of, like, a, a, a rampant, yeah, COVID-like virus spreading around, meaning, like, you know, yeah, people, but people killing themselves from depression because they're all losing their jobs, things like that. But what's the yeah. threshold? One percent people who get infected die. Well, what's the threshold where you actually have to like take it seriously, legitimately? Like, at the economy has no no bearing as to what decisions you make because the virus is so bad. Is it two percent death rate? Is it three percent? Like when? I don't know. At what point? Yeah, that's the debate. You know. You know what it is? I think if. COVID had some, like, visual, visceral look to it. I think people would take it more seriously. What like, you if, like you, if you had... No, no, no. If you have COVID <laughs> and you started bleeding from the eyes... Oh, fuck. People yeah, yeah. would take it seriously. They'd be like, I'm not going to work. Or oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going shopping. I'm nothing. Of course. And, and, and all it takes is, like, some visual aspect to a virus in order to... That's why zombies is so attractive. Yeah. It's because it's, like, there's a visual threat. Yeah. If zombies was just like 
any regular looking person that decides to bite you out of thin air, it's not the same thing. Even though that that could be a cool movie on, onto its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess also, I guess if more like young people were dying from it or something, I don't know, dude. It's 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 a it's a monster of a debate. Yeah, I think this is out. like I think I think we fucked up. And we we should have taken it more seriously early on. Agreed. You know, but like, there's too much. That's the problem with like with our our, uh, our current like uh, cultural. I don't know, maybe government structure. Like, it might be controversial to say this, but like, like communism has its benefits. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like in situations like this, central, for sure. yeah, where there's like centralized control, where like you know they could force people to do certain things. In a, in a, a Goldilocks situation like this, it pays off because oh, you can sure. like force people to do what's right. Yeah. In a situation for the greater good, even though people might not agree with it or understand, you know, yeah, there it doesn't matter. <laughs> See, I, I, in an ideal world, you wouldn't need communism for people to realize, hey, let's take this seriously and yeah. let's just stay pat in the house for a good a month and let this thing die down. But freedom, man, yeah, that's that's that's. The, I think people the misunderstand what freedom is. Like, we have the freedom to go outside and like go go shopping and then go to a restaurant. But we don't have the freedom to drive on the right, wrong side of the road. Yeah. Right. We don't have the freedom to go kill people. Yeah, we don't. Right. So we have already built in restrictions on our freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you have a pandemic, you have to apply the same restrictions for the benefit of everybody. Yeah. Because it's not fun when it's your family member that's dying. Exactly. And it's because people are not taking it seriously, potentially. Like, you don't know how many people you could have saved had everybody taken it seriously. Yeah. No, it's clear as day. Like, uh, our country is having more difficulty than any any other country. I think controlling this thing. Yeah, which is like for sure. I mean, we look, we look like a <laughs> low level, you know, yeah, low tier society. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you're saying, like a higher tier society. Yeah, would would uh, knock this be able out. to handle this like yeah. much more efficiently. You know. Yeah. So there's some some kind of flaw exists within ours, you know, as as wealthy as we are, like from a capitalist perspective. Yeah, I think ultimately we're in a society where we everybody knows that there's winners and losers, and if you know that, you act accordingly, and so it's every man for themselves. It's true. And so there's no incentive to take care of your family, right? Your your collective family, if you will. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we already lack like the communal connect communal connection, right? So yeah. What's adding like one one more see this piece to ignore? This makes it interesting, like the conversation about you know what if aliens do come and like pose a threat to humanity. Mm-hmm. I think not only because they have advanced technology to arrive here in the first place, but if we had equal tech, we would lose because of our inability to cooperate. Yeah, that's the biggest motherfucker, dude. Yeah, inability to cooperate. <clears throat> And, and it's funny because you know who who, who does cooperate, like from a inter-country uh, standpoint? The science community. Mm. They're collectively going to the moon and then to the Mars and, and like, sharing discoveries. And, like, it it's, doesn't matter if you're from China or you're, you're a, you know, a communist country or whatever it is. Like, they share that information because it's for – it benefits science. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – I guess that's that's a in a tangent. <laughs> yeah, we're like on a pretty far one right now. Yeah, it is. But, but I mean, ultimately, this, this started from like where Bitcoin's going to go and like the implications, like on a societal level. Yeah. 
uh, to kind of the effects of psychology with a pandemic and because the pandemic brought Bitcoin down to its all time lows for this cycle, which was around 3000 and change. Yeah. And uh, then it just, it's unbelievable. Like, nothing. like it's so crazy how like these things, there's always like catalysts in either direction that seem to find their way into like existence at like the perfect moments. Like by, according to these charts, like, like you go back from to and you observe the previous cycles, you, like you could pinpoint moments where like the price of Bitcoin, you know, spikes up or spikes down, and then you kind of like try and retrace those movements into future cycles, yeah. you know, and you're trying to anticipate like when is the bottom going to hit, and when are these you know top runups going to hit, and then you can always like associate some kind of like catalyst to them, yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah. they always seem to fall in line like perfectly. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. But you know what it is? I think those catalysts are not necessarily the catalysts themselves, but it's it's aligned with the run-up of the price. Like, this recent rally is not due to a Senate talking about how good Bitcoin is for or, a store of value. Or PayPal, right? Or PayPal, yeah. yeah. I think... But it's like we were all waiting for something to, to attach, like a yeah. run-up to, yeah. you know? It's That's like true. a collective conscious effort to like uh, push up the price because think about it paypal is a consumer level product mm -hmm. and then if you go search bitcoin on you know retail searches it's nothing it's not even registering so what is causing the the, the price hike it's just uh, it could be the math yeah right it's scheduled i mean who knows yeah that was that's what made me skeptical about this eth 2.0 shit Skeptical in the sense of people searching Ethereum? No, it's just like the timing of it was perfect, dude. Oh, it like could it, it could have been scheduled uh, release date for 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 uh, you know four years. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder if they had like internal like wonder if if it was a uh, maybe like in a more finished state earlier, and they 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 have these internal conversations like. Mm. when's a good time to actually like officially release this stuff like oh maybe we should wait until like we have confirmation of like the next bullish cycle you know the yeah. kind of like i don't know whether to influence like a, a catalyst in price or i don't know it just makes more sense that way i don't know if that's it, how they think it but, could be coincidence but i mean if i were at that round table i would be if we can if we can kind of release this right at the peak of like Getting, gaining that interest again, yeah. then I think that would be a smart move. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if Ethereum, I think Ethereum and the developers, I think they're set up to not worry about like prices and all that. That's that's the only thing that keeps me from like really thinking that's what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> because then the other flip side of that is just it's pure coincidence that, you know, their development took four years yeah. to complete. And like, <clears throat> you know, it, it just happened to coincide with like, you know, Bitcoin touching his previous all time high, confirming like, yeah, bull cycle is here. Yeah. You know, like it's just a happy coincidence, right? That's just how cool life is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things just no. happen to align. It's, <clears throat> it's a pretty weird coincidence, if, if yeah. anything. It's just a timing thing. And then there's that. And then, because we're always trying to attach. I remember we used to talk about all the time, like, what's going to drive the next cycle? You know, because we knew what drove 2017. It was the ICO boom. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, oh, independent of Bitcoin, I, it looks like Bitcoin does its own thing every four years, no matter what, right. according to data. And it's still following this expected trajectory. So, but the actual boom, I think, came from 
altcoins in 2017. I yeah. don't know. It was just like a residual effect, I guess, of Bitcoin. So, But now that ETH 2.0 is out, I don't know. Maybe this means like... Uh, I don't really know what this means yet. I, I, I haven't seen... We haven't seen like the effects. Yeah, like, so let's talk about Ethereum 2.0. So yeah. that... From the article that I read, it's essentially... Um, it's essentially a the result of a long process of updates to Ethereum. Right? There was like previous... To this update was Constantinople, I believe. And uh, it all leads to Ethereum becoming proof of stake instead of proof of work. Okay. And to participate in this proof of stake, you have to put up 32 ETH, which is, I mean, if if you watch any YouTube channels uh, from the popular crypto heads out there, they're always talking about 32 ETH. And I think um, it came from, you know, staking... 32 ETH into um, their smart contract for proof of stake. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, every time I, I heard 32 ETH, it was the, that's the functional equivalent of having one Bitcoin. But I guess, I guess it, it didn't mean that. So no, it's more like that's the staking power you need to operate right. a node. That, that's right. So which <clears throat> 32 ETH is not a lot of money. It kind of is nowadays. It's well, like, it is like now. A, that's like 15 grand or something, maybe even more than that. It might be like 20 at this point. But I would think that if you're going to be running a, an Ethereum node, that you would need more than like 15, 20 grand. Yeah. Well, you will in, in the future. Yeah, 32 Ethereum is going to be like $100,000, you know? Yeah. It's east in the thousands. Yeah, because the proof of stake only works if there's something <laughs> at stake. If you're a bad actor mm-hmm. in a proof of stake model and, you know, they discover that you're a bad actor, then you lose your stake. Yeah. Right. So, so you need to put like some serious weight in, or you're you're hoping that's you set this arbitrary number, I guess, to yeah. to reflect that that risk. I guess I don't know. Right. So you, that you behave accordingly. That's right. Yeah, to benefit the whole network, which is not a bad model, and it's in the interest of reducing the energy cost to run proof of work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more secure, and just because the incentives are aligned, and I think the incentives are aligned anyways in proof of work is just. It just takes a lot more resources to run a blockchain. Yeah. And I guess the speculation is it's not really necessary. Yeah, it's definitely the end of that era, it seems like. <clears throat> you know, yeah. I, I don't anticipate more proof-of-work models coming out in the future and, like, getting an adoption. Yeah. It doesn't sound like. I agree. It, it's too much of a, a uphill battle. Yeah. To make it sustainable, really. Yeah. Because then somebody could just, uh, you know, with enough money, be the majority hash rate. For, for this proof of work, and then it fails, and it's, like, centralized. and Well, that's where Bitcoin is in its current state, you know? Yeah, apparently. with China yeah. kind of dominating right there. That's true. The same could happen, I think, in proof of stake, couldn't it? But, it but the thing is, money. Bitcoin is so large from a, from a point of, even if you have 51% control, it's still way too expensive to manipulate the blocks. Mm. So, now, it'd be different for a smaller blockchain, right? It wouldn't cost that much because you're not... Bitcoin. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that's what Ethereum 2.0 is. What does it mean functionally for like dApps on Ethereum? What does it mean for like gas fees? We don't really know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so yeah. What? So because the idea is, so gas fees goes up because there's congestion in the network. Yeah. So uh, the whole point of Ethereum 2.0 is to reduce that congestion but does that mean you have more highways to operate on, more lanes in the highway? 
or I mean, ideally, that's what that means, so that you have more transactions going per second. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess we're gonna find out pretty soon here. Yeah, so I imagine it's gonna it's gonna definitely bring like some energy, some revitalization, I guess, into you know the smaller sectors of the space that really suffer from high gas prices, like DeFi and, mm-hmm. and our own NFT space. You know, yeah, there was like a total halt because you know the congestion got congestion got too out of control you yeah know, to where like I, I was spending close to a hundred dollars per transaction dude it was absurd i can't believe that's i actually did that and like looking back on that yeah that's like stupid <laughs> yeah but i guess the the losses of not making that transaction may be worth it <sighs> well yeah the, the the speculative uh you know loss like the that, opportunity cost there you go would would compensate for that yeah, that was during the peak of the DeFi bubble, so which lasted about a month. Yeah, so so I guess the speculation is that we should see a return of this stuff, right? Maybe new protocols taking advantage of that, coming up with you know, I don't know, new products. It just what is it next that people are going to FOMO into? Is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, just like they did in 2017 into ICOs and whatnot. Right. I mean, I guess we already got a taste of it. It's DeFi. You know, DeFi was never. Uh, <clears throat> Never touched by, I guess, by the retail investors, right? Right. This DeFi run that we just saw, like, a few months ago was more, it was so niche and, like, a very small community. For sure. You know, even though there's For a lot sure. of money getting pumped into it, it was none of it was, like, retail money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But in ICOs, a lot of it was retail money. It was people making money on Bitcoin and Ethereum, and they were just looking into, like, new altcoins to put their money into. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting just, like, a DeFi bubble 2.0, basically. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I, I Obviously, I don't think we're done with DeFi. I think this is barely the beginning. Yeah. And this little bubble that we call a bubble is not even going to show up on the radar pretty soon after this, this bull run takes yeah. off. Yeah, the DeFi community, they're just going to come out with new, like, new new hype projects, you know, new ways to bring hype back into the space and, like, you yeah. know, to bring the speculation back. And I guess, like, this E2.0 is going to, Allow, accelerate that. Yeah, accelerate that. Give it more, you know, literally more gas. More fuel. Yeah, to more execute fuel. it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, I totally agree. I think I think Ethereum 2.0 is going to uh, make the difference in making dApps more sustainable. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's not going to last that much longer yeah. unless you have, like, such a, such a, a high-in-demand dApp that these fees don't really make a difference. Like, for example, Sushi, like, they had 500 million staked in a day. Yeah. Like, at that point, gas doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we need to see shit like that happen all over again. I don't know. Yeah. And then we got NFTs on the horizon, too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yesterday we had a conversation with um, the CEO of Splinterlands with Maddie. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. I mean, it, it shed a lot of light on how people are thinking about NFT games and all that. And yeah. I, I think overall, the realization that it's not a realization, more like a confirmation, is that blockchain gaming has to revolve around the players making money. Play to earn. Like, that is the point of blockchain gaming. Yeah. There's I no think, other point. There's, there's no gameplay. There's no, like, evolution on, like, how to shoot somebody in in a first person shooter with blockchain. No. It's it's all about those assets and 
getting a return on those those gains. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I really like their model. Uh, obviously, like, everyone's trying to chase, like, the Axie model, I guess, nowadays. Maybe not chase, but <clears throat> understand what, 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 what makes Axie so impactful. Yeah. As, as a, as I don't a know if they built, ecosystem. built their game based on, like, what they saw in Axie. No, 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 I'm not saying they did, but I think everyone's, I mean, they're, they're kind of emulating Axie now, like Axie is coming out with the land cell and now they're coming out with the land cell, but Axie didn't innovate the land cell, obviously. I, I mean, the Central Land did. The Central Land did, yeah. So these are all like pieces and, you know, that, that creates, I don't know. I don't know what, I mean, to get down to the rawness of it, I mean, most likely it's just the funding mechanisms for these. Oh, absolutely. These companies, you know, to raise, make money. Because a lot of it, including Splinterland, I don't think any of it's like actual developed product yet. Yeah, you know, they're just raising the funding through the land sale, and then uh, you know they're they're painting a vision of what the what the metaverse that they're creating is going to look like. I guess. Sure, sure. I don't even I hesitate to call it a metaverse. I don't know if it's like an open world experience or what. He told us is like you're going to be able to use your your monster NFTs to like forge and you know, yeah, discover resources and whatnot, which all sounds cool and great, you know. And that's what people want. They these games like Axie and Splinterlands, they come out with like a base set of NFTs, <clears throat> and then they just keep adding on to the the world that they can exist in. Basically, yeah. What I like about their architecture is that they sort of control the supply by allowing people to combine their cards. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so you can get like a level ten card if you combine five hundred and fifty of them together. Mm-hmm. So there's a deflationary aspect to their gameplay, yeah, which supports the whole ecosystem of play to earn. Yeah, if you if you want to become like a speculative a holder of those assets, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's one thing I got from that discussion. Well, and not only that, I mean, that, man, that, we learned so much. This was a very good conversation. It's it's on our YouTube channel. If you, if uh, if you're interested, definitely watch that video. Yeah. Um, but another thing that we learned was that they're using the um, Hive blockchain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're doing like, you know, hundreds of thousands of transactions, you know, out of millions of transactions from per what day, I saw, potentially. Yeah. From what I saw, somebody linked like a, you know, like a Hive tracker yeah. type thing, like, you know, top dApps on the Hive blockchain. And I think they, this Splinterlands was, was throughputting a million per day, you know. And the reason for that is because, like, every literally every move I think you're making in that game is is like a blockchain interaction. Well, I I think I don't know if every move is because the game is automatic. So you basically play a card game where you the the game is to strategize better cards than the opponent, just like any other game would. But the game sort of is automated, so it it does the attacks for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you win if you have better cards than your opponent. Um, so there's not like a like a turn based like battle mechanic, anything like you're used to with like Hearthstone or God's <laughs> Chain or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but once the two once the two cards are set and the play begins, you can just skip the little animations and see who won automatically. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like wait there for the 30 seconds it takes for, for a game to take place to, uh, to see who won. So by just by think of it as a computer, you have a sort of uh, cards on one hand, cards on the other, and they have like rules to each card. So you take those two sets 
combine them into this battle mechanic and that you you know who's going to who's going to be the winner. So I think that's what gets logged onto the blockchain, but we'll have to take a closer look as to you know why you would need this information on the blockchain in the first place. Oh, like why that is always a question. Like, what? Uh, I, the assets being on the blockchain, hundred percent. That's bare minimum. Yeah, that makes that's... sense because that is the valuable asset that your players are trading. Uh huh. But logging this stuff on the on the blockchain, like trans, uh, battles, like I don't know if that makes sense. Now, they probably don't even do that in the first place. <laughs> it's probably just people just trading the assets. Now, doing a million uh, trades. Yeah, I don't think so. It can't just be that. Yeah. It's got to be more. I, I remember him saying, like, a lot of, you know, the moves are logged. And I know there's games out there, blocked, like, you know, some of these blockchain devs, like, in their ideal vision of, like, what a, a real blockchain game is, is, like, every move is literally, like, a, yeah. a registered, you know, on the ledger. Like, I, I remember seeing a game, I think it's called Tarion. Yeah. Uh, on, I remember that. Yeah, Tarion. It's, it's like a, it's like a harvesting type game where you're on some planet. And there's resources scattered throughout, and I think you start out as like a pretty much like a bulldozer, <laughs> like some kind of machinery. Yeah. And then you just <clears throat> you set the rally points, I guess, for this machine to move, and to like find its location where it's eventually going to start like excavating the the zone, looking yeah. for these resources. So, yeah. And I remember seeing the gameplay early on in its development. Maybe it's prog- I'm sure it's progressed since then, but like it was literally like uh, you're watching this thing. Like you see the the, the rally tr- uh, route, but it takes a while for it to actually move from like yeah. from from location to location. So you have to sit there and wait for this thing. You know, each movement like it has to confirm. You know, sure, sure. And I think this is before they created their own blockchain. I know they created their own blockchain. What's it called? Tarion. Tarion. How do you spell it? T A U. R I O N. Okay, Tarion I O. Yeah, and the, the blockchain they made, I think, is called Zaya. Yeah, there it is, Zaya. X-A-Y-A. It's on the bottom right. Yeah, get rid of that. Right there. Oh, X-A-Y-A? Zaya? Yeah, I believe the people behind this game are the same ones who were developing that blockchain, which is like a purely gaming-specific p- you know, blockchain. Interesting. Official partner, Ubisoft. Oh, very nice. I mean... Looks like a pretty cool game. And you know me, man. I've always been a fan of, like, you know, any kind of, like, uh, like resource gathering type game mechanic. Like, I always, I've been saying, like, that's a big thing Decentraland, like, has potential for. I mean, we have an open world with, you know, tons of space. It's just we have to figure out a way how to eject the, the valuable scarcity of resources into that world. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking for some gameplay, dude. Like, what's, what? Why aren't they showing anything? You probably have to go to YouTube. <laughs> I mean, that's probably like the trailer. Okay, let's check this out. Okay. It was the year twenty-two fifty-one when it became clear that Earth was. Uh oh, what happened? Uh, no, I'm just gonna skip through because it's two and a half minutes. Yeah. End up close by, in the same sector. Like they're not. They're not showing any gameplay. It's just like... Oh, this is the lore. It's a pretty hot lore, though, dude. Oh, for sure. I think you're disrespecting this Tarian game, dude. No, I want to <laughs> see some gameplay, dude. Like, I, you know, this is cool coming up with a story and everything, but... Look at that Duke. 
Dude, something big is happening in Tarion, dude. You're not interested? You know what I'm seeing is a PNG over a city. That's <laughs> okay. what I'm seeing. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't see any gameplay. So I, I want to understand, like, what is a blockchain transaction for a game that needs to be logged on the blockchain? Because, I mean, does it need to be verifiable by somebody that you move a position? Like, why? You know, uh, that's that's the fundamental question that I have. Yeah. I guess so, if it's like a truly decentralized game. Right? I suppose. Yeah. I mean... That way, if there's ever, like, disputes among, like, the players in the community and stuff, it's not like you have to go to some company, right? And like, hey, handle our dispute. Uh, go yeah. into your database and, like, try and find this, uh, this, this oh. moment in time where, like, this event happened, right? But let's and say, let it, and then you have to trust that company that they're actually giving you like the proper data. Okay, yeah. so the, let's say you can look this up on the blockchain. What are you going to do about it? Well, just handle your own disputes, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what that means. You're going to have to build some type of like governance protocol where you can actually like execute on disputes. Maybe like they're. <sighs> yeah, if, if I guess the idea is like there, sh there should never really be disputes, right? Because all the data is like a uh, public. public. Yeah. So like everything is final. If you know about Tarian or you know about what we're talking about and we're missing something, let us know in the comments. <coughs> we're definitely missing something. We're yeah. missing a lot of like things what, for sure. It's, I mean, we've had this uh, debate amongst ourselves on what needs to be logged on the blockchain as, as a game creator. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we've, we have an answer for that other than the assets themselves, which is clear. But logging any, any transaction like that in the blockchain, I don't know if that makes sense. Now, unless you're trying to make a game that kind of runs itself, like there is no server that's running mm -hmm. and you're depending on like the Ethereum virtual network to run your game, perhaps makes sense. Yeah. Uh, maybe truly, that's the goal. Maybe that's the goal. I think that is the goal. I think those... But the then you're using, you're using the Ethereum virtual network that, that hosts DeFi... Well, that's, host that's the billion point. dollar. That's why these people who are actually they align with this like philosophical direction of the game of blockchain gaming, they don't use Ethereum. They create yeah. their own. These guys had to create their own blockchain because they realized early on it's like Ethereum's it. never going to host this type of activity. Yeah. Know? So you need like very then, specific blockchains. Then you know? have to depend on whoever's running that blockchain network, and then they have to basically run the game forever. Right, you have to assume that they're going to last forever. Well, like the network, right? The network, the of network validators yeah. or whatever, whatever consensus or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because then you have to make sure they have, yeah. the the consensus mechanism that these uh, these uh, block producers are running, they have to be aligned. They have to have always an incentive to keep <laughs> producing these blocks. Otherwise, they'll just mine or produce some other blockchain blocks. Yeah, you know. So would you categorize Decentraland as like part of this camp? Because like we had a conversation with them recently. True. Yeah. And one thing I took up, like when I say with them, I mean like some some core guys, some core team members, you know, not Esteban or Ari. Yeah. But like the core team members, uh, you know, that get shit done, I guess. Yeah. And I definitely picked up on those vibes. Like uh, they they explicitly told us like. The reason why things move kind of slow in, in Decentraland development is is because their main priority is making sure everything is decentralized. You know yeah. what I mean? I think they align themselves with that philosophical direction. They want true blockchain game experience where, you know, 
I'm not. I don't think it's going to get to this level, but whatever they think, like a truly decentralized metaverse looks like. See, that's okay. where they're headed. I kind of can see what you're what you're saying. So yeah, like they could have they could have gone the route of like a, like a sandbox type thing and like made it more of like a commercial experience. Like sure. only thing being logged on the blockchain that's decentralized really is like is, are the assets, right? Yeah. There's no, I doubt there's any of those like peer to peer type shit going on. No, definitely on. not. Definitely not. You know, because an entity like Sandbox or in others, they're more focused on you know the user experience. You know, not so Dude, much. Yeah, you make a good point. I think yeah. that people are underestimating the value of Decentraland. Yeah. By a wide margin, because like you're saying, the world will exist as long as there's there's catalyst servers that exist. Exactly. And. Yeah. You could just run a catalyst server just by going to their GitHub and running it. Yeah. Um, so that's what they're banking on. They're banking so, on like a, a future reality where, like, yeah, they don't need to exist. You know, it's truly decentralized, right? Yeah. And, uh, Dude, that's a that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And it's 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 a slept on feature because, yeah. It, it, it's not it, sexy. It's not. And it makes uh, it makes everything much more difficult. Yeah, it does. <laughs> because they're they're experimenting in that realm, dude, in that's, that aspect. And it's 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 a lot more. That's a good point. I a mean. lot more friction, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so people like us who are trying to use their platform as and develop on top of it. That's why we had this meeting in the first place. Yeah, but you know what? We don't have the same requirements uh, upon ourselves to make everything decentralized because yeah. it's harder and we there would be no development progress if we made everything decentralized if we had to make our own catalyst nodes and stuff like that and yeah whatnot. like like all the metas are being hosted by like ipfs and like to load a meta onto your scene would take a while mm -hmm. and then there would be no gameplay because everything is like slow yeah. you couldn't have a first person shooter on a you know running on a catalyst server you just yeah well i mean i guess you could it just makes it more difficult so that's interesting so we're, we're taking the other approach obviously yeah we're kind of like discovering ourselves here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in real time we're definitely i mean i i align with the the whole again whole, our assets are nf well will be nfts but yeah. we we believe in that but the actual like gameplay doesn't necessarily need to be on the blockchain yeah, I guess that's that's important. It's something definitely um, to think about a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once we have like infinite resources, then we'll take this like topic like way more seriously. Yeah, like in terms of implementation for sure. But until we do, I mean, we gotta we gotta run this like as lean as possible. Yeah, but um, I wanted to shift gears and talk about the Corona Zombies event that we just had. Dude, as a matter of fact, we need to be choosing winners. Oh, shit. Dude, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess now's a good time to segue into that. Um, so yeah, we had, we had our first PvP experience. Uh, started. Yeah, let me bring this started up. Started about four or five days ago. But, yeah, we, we cranked it out, like, in a week, basically. Or Oscar did, Corv. <coughs> yeah, he and did yeah, Decentraland really liked it. That's what led to this conversation. Yeah, he did the PvP in like, I don't know, eight or nine days. Yeah, basically. And it, it was very well done and very reminiscent of like, you know, most shooters out there, but there's there's a couple of uh, limitations that need to be addressed to make it even better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's a meeting happened with the Decentraland team over that kind of stuff. And 
yeah, so some enhancements are coming in the future for sure. And some other things that we probably shouldn't talk about yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we'll, we will talk about once, uh, you know, time permits, I guess. Okay. Um, so we're going to try to put this together as quickly as we can. Uh, random.org. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you remember what the, what, what the first prize was? Uh, oh, the Arrow Guard. Arrow Guard. Yeah. Okay. So first place was Alt F4. Alt F4, yeah, man. So Oscar and I double teamed him on uh, on the PvP um, game, and it it took the both of us to take this guy down. So this guy's legit. And he's uh he spends a lot of time playing uh, first person shooters, and he really liked the game. Yeah, I mean, as crude as the game is right now, he liked it, and he gave like really good feedback yeah. on like how because you know he's trying to translate his his FPS experience and like. Letting us know, like you know, what he feels needs to be improved upon, right? To make it feel like a legitimate FPS, right? So that's good. So if you guys are playing these things, that's the whole point of why we're hosting like weekly events, basically, is to get feedback from the community. You know, usually each event is like a, an implementation of a new feature for the sure. game. So it's like we don't even most of the time we don't have that much time to really test ourselves. Like it's like by the time Oscar's done, it's like. We got a couple hours till the event rolls out. <laughs> so you guys are pretty much doing all the testing for us and having all the fun. So if you guys are playing and participating and, like, you know, earning some metas, and sh- I mean, not metas, uh, some wearables, feedback is appreciated. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. It's really helping. Okay. So let's let's do this. Um, all right. So we got random.org uh, opened up on the browser. It's going to be – so there's 19 – so this one, the, the contract for this one was what? To get 50 kills minimum? 50 kills minimum, and then you're entered into this raffle. Okay. And um, so let me bring up the winners here. So we had a pretty good showing. We had about like 100 people at least show up. And I think like 70% of those people actually started killing people. Yeah. <laughs> and then like 20% actually finished the contract. So yeah, I'm happy with that. This is like with no... Like Decentraland marketing, essentially. This is all on our own. Yeah. Like, people just showed up because, you know, they like the idea. Yeah, and wearables. And, like, this is, like, a breakthrough gameplay mechanic in Decentraland. Like, a first-person shooter that's real-time and, like, accurate. And Yeah. Dude, this is... It's fun. We're going to make this thing bigger, but, man, this is, like, a a big deal. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's pick the winners now. So, we're going to do 2 through 19, and we're going to do this dirty style. So, we got five... Rolls, right? Yeah. So five rolls. The oh. first one is going to be the regen aura. And okay. let's do this. We're going to generate. Good luck. And number seven, who is? <laughs> Weebar. Weebar. Dude, I think he's been winning a lot. Dude. Yeah, he has. Killing it. But that's hey, man. You deserve it, bro. Okay. You've been showing up. Um, I should be recording this somewhere, but I'll I'll have to rewatch this. So Weebar. Oh, snap, okay. we're not recording it? No, no, I, I mean... The screen? Uh, no, I'm recording the screen. What I'm saying is I should be writing this down somewhere. Oh, shit. I'll okay. just I'll just record it, it's fine. Okay. So we got the open source next, and let's regenerate. Number two, funds are safe Look at yeah. that. Yeah. Good job, man. Did good getting second place. Yeah, 210 kills. That's 210 people in Decentraland killed. <laughs> It's a lot of massacring, dude. It is. It's a lot of violence, dude. Uh, Bringing violence to the central end. All right. 
Uh, next one is going to be the HoloLens. And let's regenerate. Number 11, Manamania, another winner. Nice, dude. dude this Congrats. is another one for this guy. Yeah, you guys are getting lucky. Okay. Uh, next one is going to be the exosuit. Uh, this is a big one. Yeah. Number 16. Uh, his name is 102. <laughs> what a name. Damn. Must be a droid, dude. What if he's a bot? Yeah. <laughs> what if he's that AI you're talking about? That's true. You know? Okay. Well, there we have it. That was all of them? No, no. And oh. last one is the Exoblades. Exoblades, dude. My favorite. Number nine. We have number 53. Holy crap, dude. Another bot, dude. Dude, what is Who going on? Bots? Well. Uh, so they got 51 kills and the other bot got 50 kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are the two numbers in our list. What are the odds, dude? Yeah, I wonder if they're the same guy. He just really likes numbers, so he is like numbered accounts. I don't know. Who knows? Damn. Okay. Whatever, dude. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. What's fair is fair. So congrats to the winners. All right. You know, if you have any disputes with the results, take it up with random.org, not yeah. metazone.io. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but yeah, this is, we're nearing the end of this type of giveaway structure. You know what I mean? Like, very yeah. soon, the only way to obtain these wearables or any other like NFT or any other, I don't know, reward incentive that we build into these events is going to be paid access, essentially. That's right. These contracts aren't, they're not designed to be free. Like the whole point is you pay for a contract for the opportunity to, you know, obtain something more valuable than what you put in, Yeah, you know, which is these wearables. And they are valuable. I just saw a, what's it called? I just saw a region or a sort sell yesterday on the open market on OpenSea for like 2K or something. No, it was like ETH. It was like point. Uh, it was $150 worth of ETH, which is not okay. bad. So <laughs> That's like a lot, dude. Point two. Yeah, it was like point two ETH. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like uh, <laughs> originally these were going for like a hundred bucks. So they're like going up in price. Like yeah. people are spending more on them, you know? So, well, they're being minted slowly. So yeah, of course. So maybe over time there's more demand for these things. I don't know. So we, we have to distribute these wearables to two different sets of events. Wait, what? Yeah, we I don't think we distributed wearables for the previous event. Oh, really? We got to do this this time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So apologies to y'all who had to wait, but yeah. yeah they're coming, I mean, we promise. So, so yeah, they'll they'll be sent out in the next day or two. Yeah. Um, I think there was another topic I want to touch since we have about a minute or so. Uh, but I can't remember what it was. What was it in relation to? Uh, Central Land, uh, Ethereum. I think, was, I don't know if it was Ethermon Coin. or Corona Zombies or NFT weapons. I don't know what it was. <sighs> yeah, we have a lot oh, of. Oh, um, well, I guess the whole district thing, right? But I guess we talked about it already, but. Yeah. Which one? The, the Game Junction district thing? Yeah, Game Junction, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Game Junction if you watch this, you know. Yeah. You're a pioneer, dude, whether you recognize it or not. I'm sure you do, but, yeah, you know, <coughs> we're going to keep building off of that, off of this momentum, you know what I mean? But a big thing is, yeah, for sure, we got to deliver these NFTs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was it, is that uh, uh, we're still working on those NFTs, right? This is, uh, it's, a, it's again, it's a, it's, a big, it's a big endeavor for us because it's not just an NFT that we're letting people claim. 
right? We have to update MetaZone to recognize, hey, you have an NFT in your wallet that is called Corona Zombies or the Block Runner. It's like, oh, now you're allowed to deploy. Because you have this NFT, you can deploy it on your land. And um, so all that functionality, that logic needs to it needs to exist within MetaZone. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, that's like the the foundational tier functionality logic in MetaZone. The other function that needs to happen is that people need to, creators need to be able to mint these things. And then we have to like put in like how many you can mint. And then every time you change the price of your meta, it's going to be a blockchain transaction. And like, there's all these things that we need to account for in the overall larger smart contract for MetaZone that uh, we need to account for. So the, again, our strategy is let's build everything out that needs to be built out and let's get the feedback from the community. And then once that feedback is in and we get everything implemented and tested, let's take that functionality and put it into a smart contract. And so with the addition of the, um, the districts, I mean, that adds new wrinkles that we need to account for in that same smart contract. Yeah. So like, it's this hard to it's hard to determine, I guess. Like when when is that cutoff point? We're like, all right, like yeah. we kind of know the potential features of this platform. So like now let's just uh, basically paint it all in ink, like permanent yeah, ink, right? Pretty much, exactly. So we're still trying to discover, like you know, the the limitations of the platform itself, I guess. But but again, I want to reiterate that we're exactly aligned with everybody who wants these NFTs. We want them as much as you do. And we want the MetaZone token as well, just because, I mean, there's a lot of implications in that in supporting the community. And like, I mean, that's, that's what we should be doing. All right. We're, this is a blockchain, right? We gotta, we gotta look like blockchain. Yeah. Look and operate and like we, we need Function. to. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely everything is community driven. So yeah, the, the, the tokens act as the vehicle to get the community involved basically. Yeah, absolutely. Like, get, get you guys actually represented in like the 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 future of this thing you know what i mean right now it's just us yeah but in the future that's not how blockchain projects you know operate yeah it's all community driven absolutely built and everything so absolutely without the token that's not possible because there's no there's no incentive to do all any of that yeah you know so yeah it just makes sense yeah and shout out to the decentraland (laughs) team these guys um yeah they're super super nice guys They, they are it was cool to actually finally meet them yeah like you know, not not just like some interview we saw on YouTube from like years ago. Like some, yeah. Actually, talk to them one on one. It was cool. Yeah, uh, it it definitely brings more like uh, I don't more know desire, to, more uh, yeah, to work alongside them, right? Yeah, that's what it felt like. It's like, man, I finally feel like we're actually working together. Yeah, and not like we're we're working against each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just cool. And they like what we're doing. Um, they they know they agree with us in the sense that persistent experiences is what going to get people to stay in Decentraland. Yeah, and they agree that events is just uh, sort of like a stopgap, um, just to get people to like get introduced into Decentraland. But it's going to be the the burden is on developers to make persistent content. Yeah, and so and that includes monetizing, right? That, yeah. and then the whole play to earn thing, right? We have to get players to come to Decentraland to earn. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's the burden again is on the developers to make that possible. Yeah, and um, it's not just games. There's going to be a lot of different ways to earn. Yeah, but games to us is like probably the, mo- the the lowest hanging fruit in terms of 
being able to to make it easy to understand that you can play to earn. Yeah. Right. There are, there are going to be other ways like may stake your, your, I don't know, coin in Decentraland and then you earn passive income. Like, yeah, who knows? Yeah. If that's up for the community to figure out how to, how to bring new, you know, value mechanisms into the, into the metaverse, you know? Yeah. But yeah, ultimately like the formula should be as simple as like if me as a MetaZone citizen or visitor, whatever you want to call them, uh, my time in this metaverse should produce me, yes, you know, agreed more value. Like, and, uh, whatever that value is, if it's NFTs, if it's ERC Tony tokens, if it's social value, whatever, I yes. don't know. Agreed. There's going to be different like value mechanisms in the future, but it, we shouldn't expect people to show up and then leave with nothing and like they're not going to come back, yeah. you know, yeah. because there's plenty of other things in the world where they could do that and that are way more engaging, entertaining just because of. That's legacy. That's the legacy world. I'm yeah. talking about things like PlayStation, things like Xbox, yeah. things like Facebook, things like yeah, Twitter. Yeah. We already spend all our time on those platforms, and we get nothing in return other than yeah. like crippling depression and shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But so that those things have our attention like naturally. Like we can't separate from that stuff. You know like, what? Um, you, yeah. There's no reason why Decentraland can't exist on the PlayStation and Xbox. True. Right. We just have to build it, and we have to build some sort of <laughs> interface because PlayStation and Xbox are not going to support Web three. So that how do you pay for stuff? You know, while you're playing for the playing the game, right? Yeah. So there's going to be some sort of interface where it shows some, some QR code. You take your phone with your private key, you scan the QR code, and then you pay for a transaction like that. Um, but or we or we just MetaZone becomes that platform. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's always what I've had, like, envisioned, like... That's true. This, that, hey, ideally, MetaZone becomes a gateway for people to, like, actually game in the metaverse without even understanding, like, they're in the metaverse. They're just playing games. Yeah, it, it would be I mean? like, oh, I see you're playing on the PlayStation, and, oh, I see you want to buy one of the Corona Zombie weapons. Let me display this QR code so that you can take your phone and pay for it. Yeah, some shit like that. And know. then that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, naturally you want like MetaZone or whatever platform it is that gets, you know, that gets adoption to be like the the gateway for like an actual gamer to come play a game and like all the crypto stuff is happening on the back end without much like actual user input. But like the platform is managing all that for them. You yeah. Know I mean? But they, at the end of the day, they know like these games that are hosted on this platform, I'm earning money playing yes, them. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. So uh, talking about money. The one thing that, that was interesting about the conversation with Splinterlands was that I think a majority of the transactions are fiat-based. I mean, obviously, in the background, mm. it gets converted into crypto. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, I think the way they do it, right, is they have, like, an off-chain yeah. coin uh, yes, credits right. or some That's shit. Right. So you spend, like, PayPal money, which is yeah. fiat. Dollars, yeah. <laughs> to buy, like, tokens, that, you know, and then you... It's off-chain transactions, yeah. What do you do with these tokens again? Um, you... Pay for cards. Yeah, you just buy cards. Right. And then you can convert this to crypto too, I guess. So I guess the, the off-chain coins act as that bridge. Like you, you could do anything. Yeah, it's it, pretty I standard. I mean, yeah. Pokemon Go has this. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So True. it's, it's. I mean, World of Warcraft, they had gold. Yeah. Right? You can buy gold with... Uh, well, you couldn't. Not oh, you couldn't, yeah. Uh, off the black market, you could. Yeah, that's yeah. True. The only way to get gold in their game was to earn it. You know? Yeah, mine it. 
Exactly. Mine it with your time. Yeah. That's why it became actually valuable. The people were willing to spend fiat for that shit, dude. That's true. It was tough. Man, I... We need more of that. I've always wanted to get back into, like, an RPG game, but it just takes so much time, so I was like... Don't even think about it. Yeah, they're it. not even that good anymore, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> MMO, MMORPGs are kind of dead as a, as a genre right now, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, man. Why? Why is that? I don't know. Other genres just took its place. Like, right now, everything is... Oh, like... like, like uh, <laughs> what's that arena game? Fortnite? Fortnite and, like, Minecraft and shit like that. That's not... Battle really Royale. Anymore. That's what it's called. Yeah. And, like, these open sandbox-type worlds. You know, that's, that's what's popping right now. That's yeah. why you see, like, sandbox hopping on that... That train. You know, we can do a battle royale in uh, the PvP. <sighs> we sure can, dude. Where you jump in, and you have to go find the weapon in order to, like, kill people. Yeah, like some type of Hunger Games type yeah, scenario. That's right. That's right. <sighs> Damn. <sighs> and then we can we can create that same game and then constrict the arena and make it smaller. Oh, yeah. Dude, that'd be that'd be fun. Yeah, let's 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 talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we actually have an opportunity to do something like this. Yeah. You know? That's true. We Very do. soon. We do. So that's the next phase. We're going to game plan all this stuff, like future game modes and how to make CZ better. And then we got weapons on the way. We got to actually figure out how to like deliver on these weapons. Yeah. All the while uh, building these smart contracts, you know. Right. So All right. A lot on the list. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on The Block Runner at Twitter. What did I say? Follow us on Twitter at The Block Runner. Yeah, follow MetaZone too. And MetaZone.io. Yeah, and um, yeah. Make sure you just comment on on our YouTube channel if you have any any clarifications that we missed on Splinterlands or anything that we talked about Ethereum 2.0. Yeah, we really butchered the fuck out of Tarian. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we did. shouldn't even try to talk about it. We just you like just totally like skipped over all the lore. Like fuck this lore. Well, the lore is not important in blockchain. Remember dude, that? Yeah, I love lore, dude. Lore, dude, lore sucks shit. compared to making money. Yeah, I know. Ultimately, the lore ain't going to sell she. Yeah. It, but it's right. just, it just makes the game feel more gamey. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week. All right, we're up. Deuce. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner.